Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hi, Coulter. What's up, guests? Welcome. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Okay. Appreciate that. Uh, Coulter, Montana State. They're 8-6 and six in conference. They're playing at Portland State. The men are at Portland State. The women are in Bozeman. Portland State beat Montana State the first time they played by one point. Montana State, though, has won the last two, is in fourth spot in the Big Sky Conference schedule. This is a big game for both teams. How big a game is this for the for the Montana State Bobcats as they are awaiting, or they're not awaiting, Montana is awaiting, but they are preparing now on Thursday to play the number one team in the Big Sky in the Grizzlies? Well, we talk about the rivalry all the time in terms of how big it is, but also the perspective that's oftentimes required to not make it too big, right? Mm-hmm. And in hoops... Because you play twice a year and you play 20 league games, it's going to be the best environment that these two teams play in front of, both at home and on the road, during conference play each year. But it still is only, what, 5% of the games that you play? And so in terms of what Montana State is chasing right now and the position that they're in, they're in the driver's seat where they're at right now. The Portland State game is as big, if not bigger, just because you know, if you beat the league leader, they might then do some work for you down the stretch and help you catch up. But the more winnable of the two games is the game against Portland State, and you get a chance to split with Portland State. So if you want to maintain your spot in the top five, Bobcats got to take care of business tonight. Do you think they will? Man. Portland State, I think, is the most enigmatic team in the conference. I think the thing that makes them so scary, multiple things make them so scary, but I think that they are among the most athletic teams in the conference. I think that their style is 
uh, the most haphazard and chaotic in the conference. And I also think that this is sort of an attitude that permeates both the football and basketball programs at Portland State. The brighter the lights, the better they play. The better the team, the better they play. That's why they have won three out of four against the Grizz. They always get up for big games. I think part of that is Holland Woods, certainly. He seems to play his best against the best teams. But I mean, Portland State right now is sitting at six and nine in league play. But they have wins. No, seven and eight. Oh, seven and eight. Excuse me. That's right. Because Oh, that's right. Because they won on Monday against Idaho. That's right. But they have wins over, they have wins at Northern Colorado. They have a win over Montana. They have a win at Montana State. They lost by two at Eastern Washington. So when they play their best, they're among the more competitive teams in the league. They've just been up and down. Part of it's scheduling. They are the lone wolf in the league this year. And part of it, I think, is just kind of culture. I think that they have a bunch of guys that when they know they're playing Montana, Montana State, it seems like it, they, they rise to the occasion a little bit more. So the Bobcats, to me, are the team, pro- actually, probably the two Montana schools are the two teams in the league that have exceeded expectations more than any other teams in the league. Mm-hmm. But I think Montana State is the team that's exceeded expectations beyond. And so I think that... Uh, do you play to your level or do you play above your level? I think that's both of these teams, but it's a huge game tonight for both squads when it comes to seeding. Portland State is eleven and three in excuse me, eight and three when they're at home at in Portland. They're four and eleven on the road. Now this isn't this is for the whole season, okay? But they lost they lost at Indiana eighty five seventy four. They lost at Oregon State by five. 8176. I mean, this is a team that went on the road to, you know, high major schools and uh and hung and even in the case of Oregon State had a had a look at that game. So they they played fairly well on the road, but a lot of this when you look at what their schedule is when they've gotten into conference play has been have they been at home or have they been on the road? I mean, they 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 lost at Idaho. Okay, they lost at Eastern Washington. We know they beat Montana State in Bozeman by a point. But when they were in Missoula, they lost that game. When they were in Idaho against Montana, or in Portland, excuse me, against Montana, they won that game. So they have been, this has been so much for Portland State about being at their, in the confines of their own barn. And it hasn't, it has also been who's healthy. Sure. Uh, when you play a system, a systematic style like they do, I mean, they like to run a variety of full-court traps. They recruit specific personnel for s- specific roles. The first time they played in Missoula, they didn't have Sal Nuhu. He's their rim protector. Mm-hmm. To play that role, to play that trap, you got to have a guy that's there to protect you. And when you don't, Mac Anderson gets a dunk on five plays in a row. If the if the opponent breaks the press, you're going to get the among the most high percentage shots in all of basketball. And the other thing is, though, they brought in. I mean, I was telling you when we were sitting courtside at the Portland State game here in Missoula that I'd never seen a team that has so many new guys. I mean, they have Holland Woods, who's been a proven commodity, and he's one of the best players in the league, certainly. But all the rest of the players on their team, I didn't know a single one of them except for Alonzo Walker who, by the way, played at Idaho State last year. Mm-hmm. He's a grad transfer. But the other guy who's been uh, a linchpin for them has been Matt Hauser, but he was not full strength when the Grizz played in Portland and lost, and he was not playing when Portland State played in Missoula. Hauser's only played in eight league games this year. 
but he's their second leading scorer. He's gone off for 24 points each of the last two outings. He's a grad transfer from Santa Clara. He's supposed to be their number two guy, and he's supposed to be their number one option in the half court. So having him back is huge for them as well. So they're such an an anomaly to me because I think when they're at their best, I think they're one of the four best teams in the league. They just haven't been there yet because of multiple factors. Mentality, honing the chemistry, the schedule, and like you're saying, just the volatility that they've had home and away. For the Cats, again, they're in fourth spot in the uh, Big Sky Conference standings. They're 8-6 and right now. How many wins do you need to get a bye this year? Is it 10? Is it 11? Well, it's such an interesting question, too, though, because all the teams that are in the cluster of the middle of the league, Mm -hmm. they're all going to determine that. I don't really think you can put a number on it. It's not like in past years where you say, okay, you get to 12 league wins, you're probably going to be good. 12 or 13, certainly you're going to get a bye. Because... The way the schedule works out now, I mean, I think you could get a bye with 10 wins if everybody splits here because Montana State still has to play Portland State tonight and they still have to play NAU and Southern Utah as well. Right. So who knows who and beats who? When, when you take a look at, though, Montana State and their remaining schedule, the Grizzlies on Saturday, then you go on this interesting road trip to Sacramento State who – you, you got to win that game, even though the nest is sometimes a weird and hard place to play. I mean, Sac State's nine and three at home. Yeah. And, and so, but, but they're, they're, they're down and they are, you know, they're six and nine in conference along with Weber State. And I mean, it's not, you know, they're going to win some games, but if you want to be a team that's going to get a buy in Boise coming down the stretch is a game you just got to go get, especially given the competition that you're going to have. Then it's Northern Arizona in Flagstaff which is a very tough place to play, almost 7,000 feet. And they have been one of the – I mean, they're right there, 8 and 7. I mean, they're in the fifth spot right now. They're they're an at least okay, if not decent, basketball team this season. And then you finish the season at home in an unbelievable pair of final games of the regular season, the way this worked out with Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. That's right. for both Montana and Montana State, those, these last four. Yep. But – for Montana, obviously they're, you know, they haven't done anything like wrap up the number one seed or anything like that. But they are they are going to have a buy, you know, in the in the tournament, and they want to just continue to maintain that distance for for a lot of reasons that we've discussed before. But for Montana State, there's going to be a couple of L's coming down the stretch. What you don't want is for two of them to become four of them. Or five of them, you know, you, you got the two wins and I give them a lot of credit over this past weekend over a, a, an Idaho State team that you just have to beat. And then a Weber State team that was that was very down, but got Jarek Harding back and they still, you know, handled them and handled them in, in comfortable fashion in Bozeman. So I give them a ton of credit for putting themselves in this spot. Yep. Tonight is a coin flip basketball game. It was a coin flip actually in in Bozeman. Yep. And and here I think these two teams match up well together. Who's the more desperate team? Because this is a huge game for Portland State now too. If Portland totally. State doesn't win this game, 
they are they're two games under 500 and they are on the far outside looking in when it comes to getting a bye even though you and I both agree that this is a very dangerous club with a lot of good players great athleticism and and, and all of that I mean Barrett Perry has put together a solid group this season certainly but these are you know at home it's a, it's a game that they absolutely have circled now they played on Monday how much does that affect if any what they got going on here I don't know the answer to that question I think they're used to that part by now though because right? they've been they've been doing the Monday yep. Thursday for most of the year and then they don't play again until Thursday after tonight right they got a lot they as we talked about Portland State had the most compressed schedule in terms of playing a bunch of games in the first half of the season 12 and 28 yep and then and then eight or ten or whatever they the get last eight, they 42. Eight the last 42 yep. yeah so but they did play three days ago and montana state did not you know so that, that in terms of this little you know micro stretch right here you know do, i'm not saying it even does benefit i mean a couple you get a couple days off there you're gonna have you should have your legs back that shouldn't be an issue but maybe in terms of the amount of preparation that you can do the amount of filming but it's the second time you're playing teams too i mean Teams are starting to get familiar with one another. They know what's going on. I think this game comes down to, and I hate talking about it in this fashion because it, not who wants it more, but uh, who, who's who's going to play with that desperation? Where they, where the the team that believes that they have to have this win is probably the team that walks away with the with that win tonight. Well, and we always talk about the specific actual personnel and X's and O's matchups that happen in games and I think it's a it's a bigger deal in football than it is in basketball and it's a bigger deal in some conference basketball games than it is in others mm. but we talk all a lot about why Portland State is the worst matchup in the league for the Grizz and, and Travis Takir who will share his interview in the second hour with you University of Montana head coach we talked to him a little bit about Portland State afterwards because we were just kind of shooting the breeze about the league and, and he said kind of what we had been saying for a little while it, that the Grizz like to dictate the tempo. They like to play a controlled fashion. But when they play Portland State, they have the athleticism to run with Portland State. Mm-hmm. But sometimes then Portland State dictates the tempo of the game, and that's advantage Portland State. Yeah. When we talk about the matchup of this game, though, Montana State doesn't really have any options besides to put the ball in Harold Frey's hands and just trust him to lead the way. That's been the case against most teams. But in terms of navigating Portland State's press, being able to not get overwhelmed by the pressure, I actually think that Montana State is a good matchup. Yes. They have a very good matchup. Yes. And so playing steady, playing controlled, okay. The other thing that Portland State kills you on, they play this hyperactive style on both sides. They crash the offensive glass as hard as anybody. And Sal Nuhu and Alonzo Walker on missed buckets, on made buckets, Alonzo Walker's guarding the ball, Sal Nuhu's guarding the rim. On missed buckets, they're both crashing the rim, and the guards got to get back. They're third in the country in offensive rebounding. That's right. 14.3 offensive boards a game for Portland State behind only, are you ready, West Virginia and Buffalo. Who doesn't know about the great offensive rebounding of Buffalo? I mean, it's just phenomenal right there in uh, Western New York. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's – it doesn't just happen. If you are a top 10 team in the nation in any category, it's because you are clearly emphasizing that thing. I mean, that's something it, it, I'm not going to say any team, but many, many teams can be a top 10 team in the country in some category if they decide 
come hell or high water, this is what we're going to do. And they got the horses and the style where they're going after the offensive glass all the time. That creates great second opportunities. Obviously, you get extra you know, shots up, extra points and stuff like that. But also, it creates transition opportunities for the, for the defensive team or the team that's going after the defensive rebound if they're able to secure that rebound. And also, uh, uh, because you know you got people inside the painted area 94 feet away from their uh, the bucket they're trying to defend you know Coulter the online world is complex and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online and let's be honest every business is online in this day and age how nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure one of the great books ever written Eric Hoffer the true believer One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning, At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Shad Goolsby and Alonzo Walker both averaging either at or near three offensive rebounds per game. It's, it's it's remarkable, uh, but it's part of what they want to do. And yeah. This is what Barrett, Barrett Purity has. Right. It's been his bread and butter mm-hmm. from his junior college days all the way till Portland State. And I actually think it's a great style to fit their school and what they have, just in terms of where they can recruit from and, and things like that. Um, but you wonder if Montana State can combat that too, because if and when Devin Kirby's healthy, Montana State has a couple big guys who can really help them hang on the glass and that's been one of the reasons why they've been able to turn the corner defensively that's one part that always gets lost right we always think of defenses as as brian fish former montana state coach used to scream relentlessly bend your knees a lot of times it is about bending your knees and sliding and stuff like that but more than anything to complete a defensive stop you have to get the rebound yeah Right. Joel Ballenboy won Defensive Player of the Year at Weaver State twice because he was the leading rebounder in the league. When the shot goes up and they don't make it, when you get the rebound, the stop is complete. And when you're averaging 13.5 rebounds per game like that kid did, that's huge. But Montana State has turned the corner defensively not just because of their ability to bend their knees, but also because they can secure stops at a more consistent level. That was one of the biggest flaws during the Fish era was when you're playing a bunch of guards, I mean... Tyler Hall actually rebounded far better than than what you'd expect for the three-point shooting king and all-time leading scorer in the history of the league. Right. I mean, he was a 5.56 rebound per game guy. But Montana State, they're better at rebounding this year, too. So you wonder how that matchup goes, too. To me, this game comes down to, can Harold Frey handle the pressure? He almost always rises to the occasion. Is Hall and Woods... Going to put on a show in Portland tonight because yeah. when when he wants to put on a show, he can put on a better show than almost anybody in the league. Yeah. For my money, in terms of bright light performers, he's right there with anybody in the conference. Mm-hmm. But then can the Cats keep Portland State off the offensive glass? And 
And again, I, I, I think in that sense that if there's a team that can, seems like Montana State would be set up to do that with guys like Jabril Bello, DK, who have the size and, in Bellow's case, the strength to, to, to pull down and secure those defensive boards even when there's a, a, a mass of people. And so uh, at the, the key, though, too, then, is not just getting the rebound, but knowing what to do with it at that point. Like, if you find yourself even numbers going up the floor or better, you're in great shape for Montana State, but you gotta, you, it's got to get started. got to get started quickly. And Portland State, they know how to guard the full length of the floor. I mean, that's, that's another part of the offensive rebounding emphasis to me is that because they are such a high-pressure and pressing team and do a full-court or three-quarters court press throughout most of the basketball game, their players are comfortable knowing where to be if they don't get an offensive rebound, even if they're a long ways away from their own hoop. And they can defend coming back up the floor and defend well. Now, they're going to get beat from time to time. But again, it's what are you willing to give up? You're willing to give up a couple of lay-ins in transition going the other way against you to get more offensive rebounds and maybe a couple of turnovers through the course of a game and other opportunities that way. And that has been a strategy that that Coach Peary has said that, that – he's okay with clearly i mean that's what he's willing to do and he believes that that in the long run the percentages are going to bear out in his favor Stu tell new one is one of two nine espn radio the other interesting factor is that we see this all the time in league play mm-hmm. when you have a star player a team will find sort of the remedy for that guy and then everybody will try to replicate it and we've seen when montana state is at their worst it's when teams use the strategy that Eastern Washington did both times they played the Cats. And those are Montana State's two most lopsided losses in league play, with the exception of when they played the Grizz here. But the whole strategy is to, to just knock Harold Frey off the spot, play physical with him at all times. When he comes off the ball screen, put a body on him. When he gets in the lane, set him to the floor. Trap him. Double team him, whatever it takes. Be physical with him. That's another reason why I think this matchup actually caters to what Montana State does well because Portland State doesn't run a lot of that half-court stuff. Mm. They want to play a full-court game. Well, Harold Frey is crafty enough that he's going to be able to break that so often, and then you're not going to be able to do a lot of those schematics. Portland State's schematical stuff, schematic stuff. I see what you're doing there. You're throwing it it back to the middle aughts. Schematical. The stuff Portland State does in the half court defensively yeah. is not complicated. It's actually incredibly simple. Yeah, the, the complicated stuff is all the stuff they do in the full court. In the half court, then they're just going to try to make you work and try to make you take a bad shot. But it's not like Montana, who's doing all sorts of crazy stuff in the half court. What? You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. 
The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. NFL owners have ratified the new CBA for their part in it, and it is now into the Players Association of the NFL. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, great to be with you. Thanks for being here with us, letting us be there with you. We appreciate that very much. At 1029 ESPN on Twitter and Instagram, at Skyline Sports MT. At Gus Tutel on Twitter. You can uh, check us out at all those places. Uh, we will also uh, get a little bit more into Grizz Greats a little later on. Check out the Grizz Greats podcast. It's a fun project with tons of stuff there. The, some of the bonus episodes, too, have been outstanding. We talk primarily, obviously, about the coaches that are involved in this, most recently, Pat Kennedy. But some bonus material, in, <coughs> excuse me, bonus material in there is just pure gold. I mean, there are some doozies. So uh, give all that stuff a listen. Colter, before we get into our prep extra segment, I just quickly wanted to mention this is breaking-ish news, but the NFL owners have uh, passed, ratified the uh, the the most recent CBA. And uh, that means that 75% of the – they require 75% owners. It doesn't have to be unanimous, and sources say this was not unanimous, but it was at least – what do you you'd need 20 like 24 of the 32 or more to say yes they have said yes to this thing it now goes to the players association two-thirds of the player reps have to vote in favor of it and then if they do it, every player in the league gets a vote and if 50 percent of the players vote yes then 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 it's a done deal it's ratified the two main things here are the expansion this forthcoming season, the 2020 and then into the playoffs of 2021 season of the NFL, expanding the playoff by one team. So there would be seven instead of six teams from each conference into the playoffs, which we talked about yesterday. And it also evidently includes a 17th game in the regular season, which would be added at some point in the next four years. So it wouldn't be this season. It wouldn't be before 2021, in fact. But sometimes in the next four years, they would add an additional regular season game. It also evidently would shorten, I don't know by how many games, but shorten the preseason. And that get for the owners, because the owners are the ones who want more games, right? The more games you get, the more TV stuff you can get, the more fans you can get, the more money you can get. That's the deal, uh, presumably. The players, in adding that 17th game at risk, obviously to their health and well-being beyond what 16 is uh have evidently lobbied for and at least from the side of the owners in within this been given concessions of uh financial uh variety where they're going to get i don't know i don't know what the money structure is if i am i am i right about this 51 percent of the of the budget of the revenue budget of the team it goes to player salary, and that's how they create the salary cap in the NFL, I think is what it is. I think it's 51% of it goes to player salary. 49% then goes, I suppose, to all other expenses and the owner's pocket. 
Um, and, and there's plenty of other expenses, obviously. Certainly. And I don't know exactly you know, when you talk about revenue, does that include, you know, t- uh, apparel sales and that sort of thing, concession sales inside the vein? I, I don't know what all is included and what all is not. But I think that's the way it breaks down. I don't know if this means now that 55 or 60% of that is going to the players. I don't know if it means, uh, you know, that the salary cap is somehow increased in general or uh, what. The players currently get 48%. Oh, 48. So it's 48.52. So it's 52% for the owners and the cost, and then the players get 48. So my my guess, my best guess would be is that that percentage now will go up for the players if this, you know, as a concession to playing a 17th game of the regular season. I don't know. 16 had a certain symmetry of it. Maybe because there's 32 teams, there's nearly no relationship there. You can always play, of course, an odd number of games or an additional game, and it's just going to mean whatever it means, and there's still going to be the records and the tiebreakers and so forth. I don't know. Football, when you talk about comparison, I mean, it used to be, what, a 14-game schedule, right? Right, And and going back. So this is not like baseball where – you know, in order to talk about home runs hit in a season, you need to have some consistency over time. You know, we already know that the rules have changed so much that now passing yardage is so much, you know, bigger and more inflated than whatever it was. So, you know, I don't have a problem with it in terms of like, well, now we won't know who's good anymore compared to the old days or something like that. I don't have a problem there. 17 weeks, I don't know, more football. Probably fans are, you know, general happy about this. It might be a win-win all the way around. Besides for the players. Well, but if the players are getting paid more as a result of this, too, not just more in terms of an additional game check, but actually have a bigger piece of the pie, you know, that's that's probably good. So much of it comes down to what they cut out of the preseason, too. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, I don't know. I just think that the last couple weeks of the NFL season are, for a, ver- a very few teams, relevant, and for so many teams, irrelevant. Right. And... But what's the problem with that? Is that a problem? I mean, first of all, let me be clear. Does a set, does another week, that doesn't add another week of irrelevancy. It just means there is, instead of it being weeks 15 and 16 that were irrelevant, now it's weeks 16 and 7, or, you know, okay, games 16 and 17. I mean, there's teams that are irrelevant from dang near the halfway point of the season It's true. On. The Dolphins last year were irrelevant from day one. They were not irrelevant because they played the most relevant game on the last game of the season when they beat the Patriots. Am I right? I mean, (laughs) remember, remember, I think it was two, either two or three seasons ago. Is the year Aaron Rodgers got hurt? Yeah. Was that two or three years ago? Two years ago. The injuries are just massive around the NFL all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's the most violent game in America. So it, that you're not going to ever be able to make injuries, not be a part of it, but there's been certain years where more marquee players get hurt. And I just think that more games, more regular season games raises the likelihood, the percentages that that's going to happen. And I just think that in general is bad for the game. I, just, I don't know. I don't think more games is better for the NFL. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think less games would be better? I do. To what point? I think the NFL should play two to three preseason games and a 15-game schedule. 
So you think one less regular season game is significant. But just reducing it by one preseason and one regular season would be it would be significant. Here's the thing. The the preseason games are I mean, there are there are a, a bunch of teams now who have taken their marquee, their top ten guys. They don't they flat don't play in totally. the preseason, or maybe they play a half. Yeah. So no, the totally. number of games that are being played in the preseason is actually to me already irrelevant. You know, if you're talking about health and stuff like that, I mean, it's just, it just, I, I just they don't are, see it. They are, but they're not because every time you step on the field, you could get hurt. But that's what I'm saying. They're not stepping on the field. Right. But you watch hard knocks. Sure. The way that a team navigates training camp, the way that the cuts fall, when you're going to get your young guys reps, eliminating a game, it just, it makes it more concise the amount of time that you're going to do that. So I, I agree that the headliner players aren't, but there's so many guys that are trying to make their way. And if you have to make that a shorter period of time, I think it raises the level of competition and reduces the amount of time and amount of snaps where guys can get hurt. Well, here's my deal. First of all, I mean, I don't know the, the amount of time that they're in training camp is any different. I mean, is training camp now going to be a week less of time? I, no, I don't know that's about not that. what I'm saying. It's just like this last year on Hard Knocks when Luke Wilson was trying to make the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. And Luke Wilson's a veteran guy who's played in the league for a long time. He's not a star, but he's also no, he's, he's a good he's player. Eight, eight, nine year guy. He's now. a good yeah. player. Like he played for the Seahawks on yeah. championship teams. So played for the Seahawks again this year as a turn. And he, and he ended up getting a, another chance for yeah. sure. Yeah. But he got hurt in that third preseason game, and it, it was just a running a stick route, and you roll your ankle, and then all of a sudden you're out, and even though it's not a catastrophic season-ending injury, he didn't make the team because that other kid, their rising star tight end, I can't remember his name, then went and balled the rest of that game, and bam, he makes the team. And I just I think that little things like that, it affects the way that the rosters evolve. Well, I, I'll grant you that. I, I, I will. Okay, that's fine. But I also think that First of all, there's no early cut anymore. You know, it used to be at 92 and then down to 75 and then to 53. I think it's now it's 90, whatever, 91, 92 guys. And then the la- the day after the fourth or whatever, the last no, regular two cuts, preseason right? game. I think there's two I cuts. I think there's now just one. I think it's everybody and then one cut. And my deal is, is I'm fine having less preseason games. But all I'm saying is in terms of the injuries to guys who we're watching – it's pretty rare that it happens in the regular season. It certainly does. We've seen plenty, of, especially ACLs. But whether that happens in the preseason or the regular season, that's more a function of guys who haven't been playing football now going and playing football full out again. And there's more injuries to me early in the season than there are in the middle and the ends of the season. Right. And you are adding a game to the end of the season. And that certainly isn't saying that now everybody's going to be okay or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that I think in terms of the the amount of additional risk that's there, there is some. It appears, and if they ratify this, it will be cemented, that the risk that has been added by adding a 17th game has been overcome by whatever remuneration is going to be available but, to them. But a roster, every single thing that happens on a roster affects everybody. So if in that fourth preseason game, the New York Giants lose their third running back for the first half of the season, that affects Saquon Barkley's workload early in the year. 
every single element trickles downhill in terms of depth. And so I agree with what you're saying in terms of specific guys, but every chance that there is to play football, you could lose somebody any snap, and that will affect everybody on your team. Mm, I think it's overstated. I mean, if you lose the number three running back on your team, I still think Saquon Barkley is going to play whatever he's going to play. And then you're going to just come in with whoever you got. I mean, that's 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 what it's going to be. The areas where I think there's so few offensive linemen, you know, eight usually right on a roster. Right. That is an area where if you lose your seventh or eighth guy, that that is noticeable. And especially, you know, obviously then you're kind of walking without a net and then, not, you know, you're talking about, well, can you block for your quarterback if the starter goes, all that kind of stuff. But any putting together a scenario in which any of this could happen, does it make an additional game a situation where it will happen? I'm not so sure. Players are going to vote this down, right? No. I think the players are going to ratify this. Wow. Because, and we don't know what the amount is, because at the end of the day, man, they're going to get paid out of this. You know? Right? They're going to get paid out of this. And... One, one going from one sixteenth to one seventeenth. I don't know. I think they're. I just think that they're okay with it. It's 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 an it's incremental enough that I don't think that the additional risk of playing an additional game is enough to say no. We're going to walk away from, you know, whatever the percentage is. And I will be curious to know what that percentage is. Like, if it's two percent, is it worth it? Probably it's not. In my opinion, I would side with you. If it was 5% of the total revenue, where you're, all of a sudden your salary cap's going to be increased by $30 million, maybe then it is worth it. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Let's get to this quickly, Coulter. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907, and they have right now 10 $10,000 scholarships available to seniors across western Montana. Go to FarmersEbank.com to find out more. Coulter, the Missoula Hellgate Knights, boys basketball team, they're 15-0. They're the number one team in the state. Right now, by the way, if you're keeping track at home, boys and girls tallying away. Billings West is 13-1. They're number two. Missoula Sentinel at 13-2 is in third, followed by Helena Capital and Billings Skyview. But there's also another undefeated team in the state. Harden. Mm-hmm. Look out! Harden, 17-0! rolling downhill right now with the hard and 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 uh, and what an unbelievable group that they got Coulter right now front loaded they're ahead of Butte Central by two games who was 15 and 2 and Harden in in the uh in a game that was supposed to be super up and down it was up and down one way they played Lodgegrass who was number 2 in class B last week and they hung 91 points on them in a 91-60 victory so the two matchups between Harden and Lodgegrass this year Harden averaged 101 points per game in those two meetings. That's amazing in itself. But Harden has a a very fascinating story because they won the Class A state title when famous left-hand, their best player, was a sophomore. Then they lost in the state A title game last year to Billing Central, and now they're on sort of a redemption tour, and I think it Mm -hmm. would be a great feather in their caps to be able to go out on top. So uh, they're definitely one of the most fun teams in the state to watch. Uh, other things happening in Double A. Hellgate continues to roll. I don't know who's going to challenge Hellgate. I don't know if anybody can challenge Hellgate, but the rest of the West looks pretty strong as well. Uh, Missoula Sentinel beat Helena Capital last Saturday, sixty-four fifty-four, and that pushes 
uh, Sentinel to they cemented the conference's number two seed, so they'll be the number two seed in the district tournament. Yep. Helena Capitals third. So the West is strong. Billings West is the top seed out of the East right now. Like you said, 13-1 overall. They had a nice 72-66 win over Billings Skyview. Skyview's been one of the hottest teams in the league. They were on a seven-game winning streak. They struggled early. I don't know why. I think maybe it was an injury situation. But they were on a seven-game winning streak till they lost to West. So then right now in the East, it's West, then Great Falls High, then Skyview. So uh, jockeying for seeding continues. The small school District tournaments start this week. You got Class B and Class C going on all over the state. And then next week, you'll have the two bigger divisions starting as well. So, tournament basketball in Montana is going to be fun. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. This has been our Farmer's State Bank Prep Extra segment. Again, this year, $10,000 $10, scholarships going to be awarded from Farmer's State Bank. Visit farmersebank.com to learn more and apply online. To date, they've given away over $1.2 million in scholarships to high school seniors. Phenomenal stuff from Farmer's State Bank. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, USC has canceled their 2021 home game against UC Davis. They will still pay out $725,000 to Davis for not playing the game. That's probably worth it. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer, one of the Thesis in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com business. 2021, UC Davis will not be playing USC, but still a bunch of teams that will be stepping up from the big sky to play in the FBS who are they and who's going to win, if any? It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Boys and girls, tomorrow, Friday, we're going to have a little bit of fun with you tomorrow. Coulter will be in Bozeman at Universal Athletic in Bozeman, Montana, also site of the uh, Montana Football Hall of Fame. Montana State Football Hall of or Montana State is having their Hall of Fame ceremony. We will be but, broadcasting but inside, from the football hall exactly. of fame. Certainly. Yep. And uh and we got a couple of guests lined up for you tomorrow, which we're looking forward to, Coulter. Who are we gonna see? Uh, Bobby Daly's gonna stop by. He's a all American linebacker in the mid two thousands, a Helena native. And uh, being inducted, right? Who's tomorrow being inducted, night? Yep. yep. It it's a it, it's definitely a star studded induction class. I mean, they do it every year and there's always great people going in, but I think you know Bobby Daly was a memorable guy. His dad played for the Cats. His brother Brad won the Buck Buchanan Award for the Bobcats later on. But also Dane Fletcher's going in, and Dane Fletcher definitely one of the favorite sons of Bozeman. He's from Bozeman, Montana. He went, ended up going on and playing the NFL, played for the New England Patriots when they played in the Super Bowl. 
So he definitely had one of the more star-studded careers yeah. of recent Bobcats. So should be a well-attended event for sure. So Bobby's going to swing by beginning of the show tomorrow. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, obviously we will do a lot of Cat Grizz basketball as well in there. Speaking of, about 10 minutes from now, Travis DeCure, the head coach of the Montana Grizzly men's basketball team, joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. Stick around for that. Golter USC's canceled their home game against UC Davis in 2021. I don't know the nature of this. They will still pay, evidently, $725,000 uh, to UC Davis uh, for backing out of this thing late. We'll see if UC Davis uh, fills that or chooses not to, but they're going to get their uh, their check for that thing in any case. By the way, this is interesting. Good work on the research here by David. U- USC, one of three teams in the FBS that has never played an FCS opponent. Wow. The other two, Notre Dame and UCLA. What is it with Los Angeles? Hey, get over yourselves, you know? Come on. Anyhow, uh, that will uh, now continue since USC is backed out of this deal. But the question here is, there's the 2020 list we have it here of Big Sky teams that are playing FBS opponents. We'll go through it quickly. Coulter, just give me as I go through these the best chance that you think. You don't have to tell me this is the game that's going to happen. If you think that, then great. Tell me, give me the team the best chance of actually Winning a game against an FBS opponent. Montana State is at Utah. Weber State is at Wyoming. Cal Poly is playing both Louisiana Monroe and Cal. UC Davis will be playing Nevada and San Jose State. Northern Colorado is at Colorado State. NAU is at Arizona State. Sac State is at San Diego State and Washington. Idaho will play at Temple. How about that? Going to Philadelphia to take on Temple and Washington State for the Vandals as well. Eastern Washington is at Florida. I'm going to say Noonan on that one. Just I'll just strike that from the record. Portland State is at Arizona and Oregon State. Southern Utah is at Utah State and Idaho State is taking on the Lobos of New Mexico and Fresno State. Any of these jump out to you? I got a couple on here that I go, you know, wouldn't it wouldn't shock my socks off initially i thought louisiana but that louisiana lafayette not louisiana monroe is on some uh probation they, mm. they had some NCAA violations um the guy he, his name escapes me at this exact moment who went to austin p mm-hmm. he was forced out there because of some of the recruiting violations if it was louisiana lafayette i might have said mark hudspeth exactly yep if it was Louisiana Lafayette, I would have said that, but I don't know anything about Louisiana Monroe. Well, they are certainly, the in terms of the programs, they're the next tier down from Louisiana Lafayette, the Ragin' Cajuns. Right. Louisiana Monroe is the Warhawks, and if you were going to say, you know, maybe it could happen it, from an opponent standpoint, you put that down there with, with Cal Poly. Uh, Bo Baldwin, what does he, you know, get in there and, you know, mix it up, come in with a bit of a surprise, who knows? You know, okay, there's one. I don't know who is going to play quarterback for UC Davis next year. They do have a lot of a, a lot of talent returning. Otherwise, they beat San Jose State two years ago. Mm-hmm. San Jose State is terrible. They are bad. So I think that's one that has maybe a chance. Who knows where Weber State's at? Weber State at Wyoming is is maybe David. How's Wyoming going to be next year? I mean, Wyoming is one of the best teams in the Mountain West when they have Sean Chambers. Weber State is going to get their butt kicked. Uh, Wyoming did go to a bowl, did they not, this past season? They made it into a bowl game, so they're... Arizona Nova Home Loans Bowl, baby. Wonderful. Uh, the other the other game, you ready for this, Coulter? And I hate it from the Big Skies standpoint, potentially, but New Mexico's bad. 
and they have just got another yet another new coach. Idaho State at New Mexico. Now, Idaho State, it all went bad for Idaho State down the stretch. Yep. But they've had a couple of moments where they were like, okay, you know, Coach Fennessy, Fen Dog going to pull this thing out of the fire. You know, another year, another group together. Okay, see what happens. And it, it is a bad New Mexico team. I'm not saying I'm picking that game. I'm just saying. Okay, so there I you go. I think it's more likely that Matt Struck only throws one interception in that game. There's no way that Matt Struck is even on campus can't, at Idaho State. Can't, in cannot August, happen. Right? Can't roll him back out there. No, that's bad. They'll make sure that he like leaves the program. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Not, not leaves the program, on. but I mean, you got. Yeah, if he's on campus in August, I'd be surprised. If you though. can't out recruit multiple pick sixes per game, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's two Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Travis DeCure, head coach of the Montana Grizzly men's basketball team, the ESPN Roundtable, right after this. Hey, the Polaris New Year's sales event is on. And now is the time to find your perfect ride at Kurtz Polaris with financing as low as 3.99% APR for 36 months and savings of up to $3,500. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. The mountains are full of snow and Kurtz has all the best machines, apparel, and accessories to take full advantage of the season. Online at KurtzPolaris.com, the most fun you can have in snow, Kurtz Polaris. Winter awaits. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 